to the DC Tweet Team Podcast, hosted by Andy Burroughs. You know what I mean? Maurice Hawkins. Some people call me Maurice. And Shelly Jordan. Here's the deal, I'm the best there is. And here's your host, Andy Burroughs. Welcome, everybody, to the DC Tweet Team podcast. And now the DC Tweet Team podcast is on YouTube. Yes, mate and Shelley and Maurice, we finally figured it out. We've somehow got ourselves on the World Wide Web of YouTube. Here we are. So make sure you go and check out the DC Tweet Team podcast on YouTube. I am joined, as you can see, by my beautiful co-host, Shelley. Shelley, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here and seen now. Yes, we are. We are all seen now. You know, I have to do my hair. I have to do everything today, Shelley. Uh, Maurice will hopefully be along momentarily. He is busy uh, fighting crime. I don't know what he's doing today, Maurice. But, he's out. but we have a very special guest, as you can see, our good buddy from the Burgundy and Gold Report, the main man himself, Adam and Eva. How are you, my friend? Awesome. Always great to be back on and great to see Shelly. You know, it's been a while and you know, I talked to all you guys on Twitter. So it's good to see face to face. That's my favorite part of these uh especially the, the YouTube shows, because you, you get a little disconnect. So it's always fun. Yeah. And while we're talking about YouTube shows, Adam, let's kick it off, my friend. You are on YouTube. Right? You, you've got your Finally. first show up while we're here and while we're now we're on the on YouTube. Tell our listeners briefly about your show. Yeah, this is going to this is going to be our sixth year officially with our site uh, evaluation. We started our brand new website in January. So we've just been taking our time and we came out with uh, B and G report happy hour. Uh, it's just, you know, a laid back show takes place in my attic, me and my 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 silver lab stable, uh, you know, we're just drinking beers, talking about the team as the year goes on, you know, we'll see how the season goes, but we always get into draft evaluations. But for right now, it's all about Washington. It's just a relaxed atmosphere. I just invite people to come. Like I said, no, you know, 15 minute shows, we're usually about one to two a week we're going to do. We're going to drop uh, episode two, Taylor time um, before the Giants game this week. So yeah. Definitely come check it out on YouTube, uh, B and G Report Happy Hour. Just subscribe to us and follow us. But you can always find us on Twitter, the B and G Report and the Burgundy and Gold Report.com. But yeah, it's fun, you know, getting into this show, not just being a co-host or guest anymore. It's a different, different animal for sure. Yeah, 100%. Mate, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go and check out Adam's stuff. We've had him on many times. I consider him a good friend. As soon as COVID's over, we, we all get to hang out and have that beer, yeah, Adam. But yeah, yeah. make sure while you're subscribing to our uh, YouTube channel, go and hit Adam up with a subscription. Hey, anytime there's a drink involved, I'm there. Oh, yeah. Adam's oh, okay. just mentioned his next yeah. podcast. He's sitting there drinking a beer. Oh, I mean, you know, you know I'm, it's, I'm it's, definitely it's, there. One, one, one thing about it, you know, as much as I, I, I like Michelob Ultra, Coors Light, as the next one, you know, this show, it's going to be all about, you know, beers I've never had, IPA, you know, just different things, especially local, because I'm in uh, upstate New York, so I try to bring a lot of local beer, stuff like that, so it'll be a little different for sure, maybe, you know, give some ideas for, you know, some different uh, beers, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm not a beer connoisseur in any way, but I'm trying to become one. I'm looking forward to that, my friend. I'm looking forward to it. So, guys, week one is in the books. We talked and talked for weeks and weeks and months and months. We finally got to the game. Uh, it was, it was, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Adam, as a fan and as a film evaluator, how would you assess it? First of all, as a fan, how did you assess the game on Saturday? And then we'll get into your views of breaking down each individual performance. Sure. And, and what's interesting is, you know, my hot take before the season was that Fitzpatrick wouldn't even make it to week one. And it wasn't wishful thinking. It was just the fact that his age, um, 
just the way he kind of looked in the off season. I just, you know, I, at first I was like, okay, you know, it's it's off season, preseason. He's just kind of going slower, but he never really changed that speed. I didn't mm. see the same movement, mm. the same popping him step that I saw in Miami. So I'm like, it's inevitable. So I was only off by, you know, a little more than a quarter and a half before, you know, Taylor came in, but you know, before we get to the defense, as far as the offense, it started to roll when Taylor got in. I think Fitzpatrick really just didn't look in a rhythm. I think he just looked overwhelmed. And I think now, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute, but now you're going to give Taylor a whole week to prepare like he did with that Tampa Bay game. I, I think we're going to see some good results, but you know, the defense, I, I think that's where we all thought we were going to see, you know, great performance on my episode. One of my first show, I, I, I guess I thought they keep Herbert in the pocket, you know, we've got this, but they just went quick game. And that's what the giants have done. That's what a lot of teams are going to do in Washington. And until the linebackers and DBs can really get in the same page, pick up their assignments because JD uh, what's it called uh, Ron Rivera clearly said it there was uh, players out of position blown assignments that's not supposed to be happening at this point with a quote-unquote elite defense you know we have some new faces but three out of the 11 so it's really not crazy on defense but again their key positions you know St. Juice on the outside they definitely went at him uh, Bobby McCain's the guy I liked who's that free safety slot combo he looked out of position and of course you know Davis I, I knew that he would have some struggles early on. A lot of people just expect something different. You saw it in Dallas with their linebacker. They're going to take some lumps. They're gonna, Middle linebacker and calling signals is extremely hard. It's the quarterback of the defense for the most part. And the way Washington is built, their defensive line is going to take the lead. But if they're not on the same page, you, you saw the result that's going to happen. But, you know, to wrap it up in a minimum, what I think is we saw the lack of tackling in the offseason. You know, every year the CBA says less tackling, less this. And what it does is it things happen like this. We saw so many missed tackles, so many yards after contact. To me, besides all the other obvious stuff, that's why they lost the game. If they just wrapped up those and weren't missing, those, you're talking about one, two, three-yard gains and not first down. So they've got a lot to fix, but I think they can fix it up for the next game. Yeah, Adam, I listened to uh, Ellie's podcast yesterday, uh, the Washington football team declassified, and he made a good point. And I've made this a few times, and Michelle and Maurice have spoke about this, and I, I kind of got this impression from the game. Did you think that we looked a little bit underprepared? I mean, and what I mean by that is, you know, it's easy for me to say, yeah, the, the team looks underprepared because we lost. But I've said this throughout the preseason, and Ellie touched on this. If you get a chance, guys, go and listen to his show. He made a really good point. We should have had more snaps in the preseason. I know everyone's like, you don't want to get your starters injured. You can't put them out there. They were a lot of missed tackles on Sunday, a lot. There was a lot of players, you know, the snap was happening and you could see players kind of, oh, oh okay, yeah, I'm, I've, got to, I've got to go now. And it, they didn't seem what we call game ready over here. I mean, right, did right. you kind of get that impression? Um, in a way, it just looked like exactly players out of position, guys like John Allen, Chase Young, you know, it's the uh, Landon Collins. He's a guy that we really did not hear anything about. And I think there's a reason for that. I think there was so much hype about him coming in um, he's responsible for a lot in that back end, even though he's more in that strong safety. I'll feel a lot better if curl slides over there, because I think that that kind of fits what they have right now, even though, like I said, three new starters, you had Collins in who was out. That's four out of the 11. They're just sinking. So I think that it, it, they'll get it together, but it was clear that they weren't prepared as far as gap assignments. That's where I felt that they weren't prepared. I didn't, I felt like the hustle was there. Everything was there. There was no laziness because that's where you start to get really concerned is when you see that. But these were just like technique issues, you know, uh, um, just missing the gaps, missing the assignments. I think it can be cleaned up. But again, I think they were outcoached. I think the coaching for, for LA was impressive. They're extremely underrated. But always remember with Washington, you can go back 
10 years, 20 years, 30 years. AFC games, there's a we always have one of these, or at least one of these every year. And I think this is going to be the one that somehow they, you know, they escaped without the blowout, even though LA could have put another touchdown at the end. It could have made it, you know, a little uh, less competitive looking in the box score. But I do think there was enough positives in this game. And like I said, Taylor Heineke, we start him the whole game. Where are we? Again, the same response from the, the fan base is, well, let teams get tape on him. Well, how, how many times are we going to keep saying that? The kid's a gamer. You know, when he when he gets in, he's looking to move the ball. If that's, you know, scrambling to make a play happen. Nobody knocks uh, Russell Wilson when he does it. But with Taylor Heineke, they know that he's been hurt so many times. They just don't want to see that. They want to see him sit in the pocket and deliver it. That's not who he is. You know, although, yes, he is a college-style quarterback with a lot of concepts. With this offense, the young offense, that's what they need right now. They need innovation. They need a guy that can just go out and do a flip pass, you know, lob it up, you know, gave Terry McLaurin a chance on that. That's what we thought Fitzpatrick would do. So I do honestly feel a lot better about the quarterback situation right now than I did. But again, the durability is scary. How can he last? And, you know, I'll talk about it on my episode. The screams of Cam Newton are already starting. I just think that's premature. Well, you can't sit in the in the pocket and when the pocket's collapsing. I mean, you really can't. You have to you have to escape the pocket. Our O-line is just not up to par. And we have to have a quarterback that is able to run and escape that pocket. I mean, look what happened to Fitz. I mean, he got pummeled. And it's because our O-line is not holding up. I mean, my biggest fears in the offseason came true in the first, in the first, in second quarter early on. And it's the O-line. The O-line has a lot of work, a lot of work to do in a short amount of time because our, our season's brutal. Our schedule's brutal. And um, Taylor has, we have to have a mobile quarterback. We have to have a young quarterback that can move around and even that's dangerous because they can get hurt I mean we saw it with with RG3 I mean we didn't we wanted him to kind of sit in the pocket right but it doesn't matter here in Washington (laughs) it doesn't matter we have the worst um legacy unfortunately going on and it's not a good one with quarterbacks because unfortunately we break them and until we get an o-line an elite O-line in here to protect these quarterbacks, it's not going to matter who's on our center, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's no, just you're my not. He says interrupted. No, but you're yeah. like 100% yeah. right with, with, with Leno. Leno got Fitzpatrick killed on that, but I've watched that over and over and over, and one has to think, it wasn't a blindside hit. It was straight at him after, you know, he... He, he just come at him like a truck, him. didn't he? Yeah, he faked outside, came inside. Leno just, just got took but the thing is, it, Fitzpatrick, it, it, it was in his face. And I wonder if, you know, a quarterback like Taylor either just takes off right and maybe takes the sack, maybe just tucks it under and goes down. But with Fitzpatrick, did everyone give some credit for, you know, his iron balls? But I think I've watched it over and over and over. And I just don't think he's a quarterback at this time that can take hits like that. And I don't think he has the ability to really escape things like that. I think we saw it in Miami. He's not looking like the guy in Miami. Look at physique-wise. Uh, decision-making, just everything processing. But one thing that came out yesterday that I think will it has to be emphasized, I'm going to emphasize it on my show, is the story uh, by Brian Mitchell from The Fan, which I- I'm not really huge into these shows at all, but I do look where it came from. And there have been multiple reports now that Brian Fitzpatrick fell at a water slide with his family 
on his hip, same hip prior to this game and was seen limping, uh, I guess, before he came to the, the, um, the, the facility. So I think that there's going to be more story, more stories that come along with it. Are they going to go after him for any kind of money paid if he doesn't make it through the season? Because from what I think, he it's went a to a freaking water slide before the game. I heard it was uh what a day or two before that's the report from Brian that Mitchell dumbass. and a couple others. Oh my god! Yeah. So oh if that if, if that truly is the case, either way, um, I think that he's 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 done for the season. He he pretty much came. That's what's, it's so funny that they slapped the like uh you know face of the offensive franchise because he was like I, I came for the money for the most part. Oh, but I like the situation. I think with him, the Fitzmagic era is done here. They're saying it went from one to three to six to eight, and then weeks and now he'll see a specialist it's so hard to dislocate a hip and it's so hard to determine if that actually happened unless there's major ligament damage stretching tearing so that's why these guys get second opinion but one thing's clear when that happens to your hip he went to the water slide before a game why hope it hurts him if If that's true i hope it hurts (laughs) i do if if (laughs) If um, Adam, why we, we we all know what happened with Fitz, and yeah, he didn't he didn't look mobile from I'd say the first two snaps. Even I'm thinking, I know he's not the the Fitz of old that you saw getting out the pocket and the gunslinger. But yeah, the last year at Miami, no, Andy, because him, he fell playing with his kids at the water park. <laughs> because he <laughs> fell playing with his kids at the water park. But Don't what I'm, I'm kind of uh, alluding to is, do you, obviously Taylor coming to the game? You've got a player like a Terry McLaurin, who was not looked at for the entire first half of football. Now, I get that the Chargers are going to scheme up against, you know, going man to man. They're going to play. They're going to, he's going to be the one. They're going to sit down on Monday to Friday and go, right, this is what we're going to do for him. But to not target him for the entire first quarter, I think maybe a few snaps at the end of the first quarter, they kind of looked at him and he didn't, he didn't right. actually make it. I think he had 62 yards in the entire game. One is probably one of already the catches of the season, which he had to right. make all on his own, by the way, because I didn't think, that oh, yeah. throw, I didn't think that throw was brilliant. Even Taylor said, even Taylor yeah. said. I thought he, that was very, that. yeah, he looped it up. And as soon as he threw that, I'm like, oh no. But then That's Terry, Patrick, yeah, you know, exactly. Terry's being Terry. But Adam, what do you think the reason was that they just Logan Thomas didn't see him the entire first half? Terry, we didn't see him the entire first half. Do you think that's us um, adapting to the way that the Chargers uh, played against us, or do you think it was down to a lot of bad play calling from Scott Turner? I think it was two things. I think uh, Turner realized he needed to scheme more. Thus, when you saw that wide receiver screen, that started that drive, that 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 Terry catch. So. It went wide receiver screen. Next pass again was Terry McLaurin again. That was two. Logan Thomas was the third. And then on that fourth was that big time Terry McLaurin. So that's three out of four. So you talk about somebody that understands game situations. He went after him on that drive. Logan Thomas was targeted twice. So those are your two top guys. But like you said, I think it was one target or something in the, fir- in, in the mm-hmm. first quarter. That's the difference here. Fitzpatrick, I think everyone, uh, the, the fan base, I think the team did it more than the fan base. Propped him up to be something he was on. I wrote an article and I thought he, if he can look like Miami and I think he could, he could be more than efficient. But after I saw him in the off season, I was just shaking my head and saying, I want to have Taylor in. And this whole idea of a Taylor hive, which you've seen on social media is being created. It's delusional because it's about Washington does not have a future franchise quarterback. And I'll say it on my show. I love Taylor Heinke. I like what he provides, but I like him in that backup role. I like him as a guy that can come in to get a couple games for you, 
uh, you know, a relief guy. But there's no doubt about it. 2022 in the draft, it's all in. You know, a lot of people thought, well, they had an opportunity in this past draft. I think that they were a little delusional. Ron Rivera was specifically delusional, thought that Fitzpatrick would be enough. Because if you look at his time in Carolina, Derek Anderson was his major uh, veteran. Other than that, it was young guys. It was Cam Newton. It was uh, Allen. It was, you know, even Taylor Heineke. So he's not big on doing those, those, those veteran placeholders. So I think it's all in for this draft. There's a lot of guys that are really good. And I think that if you have Taylor starting with the offense, working every day in practice, and he doesn't get hurt, that's the key here, and he doesn't get hurt. To me, I can't see anyone that could give me a valid point why he can't do enough to get this team to the playoffs. I think with this division, everyone hyped up Dallas. I think Philadelphia's looking a little better than people thought. I still think eight or nine wins will win this division. I think he's good enough to do that. So in that game, 11, for, uh, 11 out of 15, and those and two incompletions were right away when he first came in. So think about that. So after that first drive, he went, what, 11 for 13 after that. So that's pretty damn good. 122 yards, a touchdown, no INTs, 8.13 per pass. And then the major point about it is he ran three times for 17 yards, but he also took off two other times and made, and made great passes. One to Logan Thomas on the sideline. He actually hit somebody in the middle. Uh, Deami Brown, it was an incomplete pass. But he's looking to do things. I think Fitzpatrick, And he seemed to learn, didn't he? Oh. He seemed to learn. When he yeah. ran out of bounds, he, he was like, oh. Yeah, he learned. And he, also with the running, you saw, he was not taking some of the hits that we've seen in the years past, especially took out, out of bounds. I think last year, he would have tried to cut it back in and get mm -hmm. another couple yards. As a starter, he is extremely smart. The, his football IQ, in my opinion, I looked, I, I, you know, I've been spending the offseason watching in his you know small school film and stuff what interviews with his coaches different things like that and his he's just so cerebral and what that means is he's able to change on the fly he's a gamer you're going to look at practice you're not going to see much i'll be 100 percent honest if you go to practice he is going to look like just another guy but once you get him on the field his ability to improvise to me is second to none of most quarterbacks in the league a lot of people i had conversations with some of my other podcasts about i did think i do think he was a, as good as Jameis winston we saw last week, Jameis Winston had a hell of a game. So everyone was like, okay, now, now you're talking crazy talk. All I said is I think he could come into at least six situations in the NFL and compete for a starting position. I don't see why people are so against him. It's the injury issues. If people could just understand that this is the NFL, this is going to happen. He's a smaller guy. What did he do? He, he, he even said in the press conference, he's reiterated. He, he lives in the gym. I think he has nearly 20 pounds of muscle. You just don't see quarterbacks doing this. So to me, he's the kind of guy I want leading the franchise. Yeah, he definitely built up in the offseason. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Hey, look, I wish I wish the guy all the bit. You know, he's he's our quarterback now. We're not gonna not want him to do well. So any fans out there that are getting on his back, then you know, just jog on because you know, I you know, we got you know, we have to back the guy. He's there now. We have to get behind him. Um, Adam and Shelley, you might be able to testament to this a lot of, uh, and I noticed it while I was watching the game on uh, Sunday. Uh, third down seemed to be a big issue for the for the Washington football team. And a lot of times on third down, Shelley, you were in the stadium, our big players weren't on the field. There was one play where Chase Young, more than one play, Chase Young and Montez Sweat were nowhere to be seen. Was that because they were so gassed? And I get it, they were on the field a hell of a lot of times. Or again, did we just get out coached? They didn't seem like they were on the field a hell of a lot of time to me. I was like looking for them. I don't, I think we were out coached. Yeah, I think it was 
plain and simple to me. I I was again baffled by the defensive game plan. Yet again, I don't understand Jack Del Rio at times. I just don't. I don't get him. And um, I understand it's the first game, but it was clear that, and it, the feeling to me was off. I know Adam said that um, that everyone seemed like the tempo was up or like their energy was up. To me, it, it, it just me being there, it it seemed off to me. And maybe it's just because I was following the flow of the game, maybe just um, settle in for field goals and just the way the flow of the game was going. It just seemed off to me and I didn't like it. I didn't like Herbert having all that time. Well, it seemed like a lot of time, but apparently he, he was really fast with, you know, throwing the ball, but we're supposed to have like two of the best edge rushers. And there was no, there was no pressure on Herbert, but I don't know how you pressure somebody who's got such a fast release either, but that's where it comes to Adam. Does that where it comes down to your corners and then you know he was getting the ball out of his hands so quick. Yeah, like you, said, so quick. Like you yeah. said at the start of the show, everyone knows about the amazing defense that Washington have with Chase Young and with Montez. We got you know the bookends. It's clear the Chargers thought, okay, as soon as our quarterback's got the ball, it's going. And it looked like the Washington secondary were like, oh my god, we didn't expect that, and they just didn't adjust for. Yeah, they look lost. The they look like yeah. every time they've done it and they kept doing it and doing it and doing it, you're thinking, okay, we're going to adjust in a minute. The coaches are going to make some adjustments. Every time Herbert got the ball, snap, bam, the ball was gone. And we're like, you could see our players just be like, okay. And, you know, they were kind of, they didn't react quick enough. How did you see it? Um, I could see, because if you look at Del Rio's defense, he did a lot more zone here and there. There was some man. They were getting killed on man this game. I think they brought in WJ3 from Cincinnati, a press man corner. And I still think he can play. The whole Norman talk of, you know, bringing in somebody that's out of position, a different kind of player is ridiculous. He's, he's excellent. He's, even if he gets beat, he has the recovery speed, unlike Norman did to get back there. But in saying that, anytime they went to that man-to-man, that's when the quick game really got exposed by this defense. Because, again, we talk about – I thought they were getting killed on over. zone. Yeah, well, was it well, third, third, third down and 20, wasn't it? And I'm screaming at my TV well, how, they ma- how they made that play. I will never yeah. know. And I think uh, Tay and Todd, but I don't know if you saw it on their Twitter, they put up where like I think it was Bostick and a few. And you're, and you're looking at it and you're thinking, what, you are, we do- yeah, what are we doing? What the hell is Bostick on the field? Where was you, 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 you just answered. It wasn't just about like man was one thing I saw, but I'm glad Shelly said that because it wasn't just about that. It was about personnel on the field. You had Bostick again. James Smith-Williams, love the guy. Interviewed him last year. I do not think he is in that rotational role, though, right now. I think you need to have young and sweat. If they're not cardiovascular ready, they need to be. Those guys need to be playing 80 to 90% of your snaps. I got to look at the snap percentage, but it was not near that. No, I thought it was like, it was much lower, like 60%, much, much lower. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that they, it's not about getting cute. It's about when you're playing teams with quick game, you're trying not to get your players gas. So you're rotating them in, you're rotating them out. But they knew that as long as that defensive line wasn't the, you know, the strength, they could confuse the linebackers. They could confuse the DBs with just a lot of misdirection. Herbert, I love what Doc Doc Walker said. He's the the guy I respect most in in, in this industry is Dan Marino Jr. And I, I responded to him, I was like, no doubt, Doc, always 100. But imagine Dan Marino with some with some wheels on him because that's what he is. This early on, he really can do it all. But as far as Chase Young, I'll tell you what exactly happened. Slater. 
Uh, that's their rookie left tackle from Northwestern. He played against Chase Young before. He is the dude. He's that good. So even if you're talking about a generational talent pass rusher, there's also such thing as all pro shut down left tackles. And I think that's what Slater is coming into the draft. I, I thought if Washington somehow was looking at a tackle, he was the only one that I wanted early, not the Virginia kid, not anybody else. He was the only one. And he showed exactly why he's that good against Chase Young. And mm-hmm. saying that, it's about adjusting. That's Jack Del Rio's job, too. As much as it is on Chase Young, okay, Slater's doing great, right? Let's stack Sweat and Young at him. Let's, let's do stunts with our corners, with our safeties. Let's do something creative. I think they played on their heels. They played scared. And I put that on Jack Del Rio. But, ne- but against the Giants, what I love is I have a lot of Giants fans. I live in New York. And you talk about oh, Adam, I hope for your sake we win this game. <laughs> they're a lot more down than we are right now. They're, I think most Washington fans are a little down on our defense but feel a little better about the quarterback situation since Taylor came in even though they lost. But Danny Dimes, you know, he's still fumbling problems. They're mm. so bad on their offensive line, they rotate tackles. You know, they have Soldier, and then they have that rookie Thomas. But they don't love Thomas enough to just leave him out. So they'll move the right tackle, change the left tackle. And it's not a scheme thing. It's just they, they've, they're trying to build this offensive line talent, and they're failing. So they're going to go quick game against Washington. Right away, I'll talk about it on my show. How do you combat that against them, against a quarterback, another quarterback that can run? Because I'm not a Daniel Jones fan, but if he can get out of the pocket, the kid can move, and he's going to be hard to bring down. Well, he, he always falls end. over just as he gets to the end zone. So we'll be, we'll right. Well, he exactly. certainly has no problem playing against us. So, he so loves us. Undefeated against us. He loves so. us. He loves us. And, you know, and I think a lot of people, especially Giants fans, are questioning Jason Garrett because, you know, we understand he, he's been calling this play since last year and this year. And although they have offensive talent, I do think if Washington can, again, stunt them, just completely overwhelming at the line of scrimmage, I think they have a great chance because Saquon Barkley, their backs, they're good. And as much as the run is important, I think if they can just overwhelming through the middle, Chase Young and Sweat are great on the outside, but they have to utilize that middle because that's the weakness of the Giants' offensive line. Deron Payne needs to have a hell of a game. Everyone's talking about the money man, John Allen. I'm waiting for Payne to really piggyback off of what we saw in Tampa Bay, that two-sack performance, because I think he could actually be one of the most dominant defensive linemen this year. But again, these linebackers can't have Bostic on the field. You cannot have him on the field in obvious passing situations. Personally, you know, I think Holcomb has got a little better. Davis has got a long way to go. But I want to see a lot more three safety looks in this next game, because I think teams are going to go in more, you know, they're going to, we're going to be in more nickel, because I think that they're going to say just spreading it out is the best way to combat this defense and then the quick game. But it's easier said. Rio's got to dial up something. Yeah. I don't know if the game has passed him by or what. I don't know what's going on with him. Mm, they were saying yeah. um, I had uh, Travis Thompson on, um, good friend of the podcast, on the 980 this morning, and he was saying he would against New York. You're going to have to like do things like show blitz, but don't do it. Give them different looks. Make them think. It just seemed That's on what Sunday. I said. It, just, it just seemed on Sunday. Yeah. That it was back too, out of it. Yeah, just back out. It yeah. seemed on Sunday that it was all too very easy. I mean, there were you know there was pictures of like Richkins play Washington players Jesus Christ I've done it already Washington yeah. players um nowhere near Herbert literally no the guy could have put the ball they down didn't even try to rattle him they tried yeah. to rattle him but and mm-hmm. but against the Daniel Jones like Adam was saying it's, he's a different kind of I watched their game on Sunday and I I I think he is going to be potentially I know Shelly said it a minute ago and he, he's had our number but I think yeah. if we if we scheme this right and we coach it right, we could get him like a rabbit in the headlights. 
you know, at Thursday night under lights at FedEx, the, with the nation watching, with the world watching, we've had it before. I genuinely do think we can get to this man. And I, I think he will cry. He's under a lot of pressure. He fumbled again at the yeah. weekend many times. If we can get, if we can get pressure to him and how, whether how we do that, whether we, whether we show blitz and, you know, we make him make mistakes throwing the ball or we get to him. Chase Young, Montez do get to him. Our, our line gets to him. That's what we need to do against the Giants to, to, and Del Rio, yeah, Shady, Del Rio has to step up big time. You know, Let's not forget we had a seven and nine record last year, and we all kind of got on that train. Well, and we all the coaches it. need to step up, yeah. Andy. I, mean, I think they will. I think they will. I think they will. But I hope so. It's a short week, and I mean they had a lot of time to prepare for the Chargers. Mm. A lot. Yeah. I mean, one player I want to talk about while we finish off talking about um, yes. Sunday's game, guys, Antonio Gibson. Until the fumble, yeah. I thought he was really, really good, and I was on social media saying I was really impressed with him. Again, is it just something, Adam? It's a mistake. It happens. He's a runner. It's going to happen. Yeah. Admittedly, he was carrying the ball like he was carrying a loaf of bread, but it happens. I was impressed with him, Adam. I know the guy got some beef on social media. Um, everyone does on social media. It's Twitter. We all angry tweet. What did you make of uh, AG on a, a Sunday? For me, I thought he was one of our better. I was impressed. The fumble aside, that happens. That's football. It could happen to any running back at any time. I was impressed. Right. He just, and, and you know, Rivera said it, he just needs to trust his lineman a little more. And again, that's easier said than done when it's like, because again, you can look, it's shaky. But on that play that he had the fumble, he had the hole. He had, if he just shoots that up forward, at minimum, he's falling forward and getting four or five yards. But he kicked it outside. And when he made that decision, and again, the ball, the, handling the ball, everything, those are the things he's going to look for. Because what fans need to remember, this is going to be his only second full season playing running back at, at Memphis, although it was like weapon he was a wide receiver, and that, that's just how they do it with their running backs over at Memphis. But I do think that he has the body of a running back, so that helps him more than a lot of, like, J.D. McKissick. He's another guy who was a wide receiver in college. But his body still never really developed into a, you know, a bell cow running back. A.G. does. And I said this in my first episode. Um, we saw him limp off quick, came back. I, I'm worried about that turf toe. I think it's going back to last year. If anyone ever has had that injury, you play soccer, you play anything, that can take years. I had it, I remember, from my sophomore year to the beginning of my junior year. It hurt me that bad wow. every time I walked. Wow. It's just, it's one of those things, even if you do rehab, it just, it lingers. So, you know, Jared Patterson is a guy I really expect to see get more carries against the Giants because he is a, a running back been playing the position for 15 years. He's a bowling ball, north-south. He's not going to bounce it outside. He's just going to go straight forward. So I think that they were trying to light, like not try to overwhelm him. We did see him get two carries, I think it was. But I think really mixing it up a little more in the run game will help them a lot more. Because, again, we talk about the coaching, predictable on offense, pretty predictable on defense. They really have to mix it up against the Giants. And, again, but these AFC games always happen. I'm not looking too much into it. But if there's a letdown against the Giants similar to this, I think there's definitely cause for concern. Mm, um, coach made a, a good point Adam and Shelley he said AG he doesn't need to go for the full he seems to be one of these running backs that wants to go for the full 10 yards all the time don't get me wrong it'd be great to see all our running backs get the ball and off he goes and you know 20 30 yard gains up the field but is that something that will come with time that hey look the five yards are good that you've just got us it's first down you've got us five yards let's go again hey second down don't think that you've got to go for the because it looked like on the fumble plan they said it on the tv commentary on cbs that it looked like he wanted to burst he wanted to go which yeah. is great but sometimes again maybe like you say adam because this is second season maybe sometimes hey tuck the ball get your five yards and then we regroup is that again something that will come with time 
Well, that's what happens when you're running back with that type of speed. Four, three sub speed, you know, they can always think that they can beat the defenders to the outside. But I think he has to understand this is the NFL. You're going to have linebacker safeties that are faster than you, that are going to get, that are going to, they, even if they're not faster than you in the NFL, they're better at angles. So he may thought it, he may think he has an angle, but then the last second, it, they're going to have him dead to right. So I think that it'll take time. It'll take practice. And, you know, everyone needs to remember 10 starts last year. Not He didn't even start the full year. So I think just continued start, you know, continued carries. But again, they have to mix it up. I think that asking him to do, you know, 15 to 20 carries a game, I don't think that's the best way to utilize him. You know, you drafted him to be that McCaffrey type. That's what we keep hearing. Get him more involved in the receiving game. And I'm not just talking about dump offs and screens. Send him out on routes. The kid knows mm-hmm. route trees. Mm-hmm. Utilize his ability. Um, but I Get him in the middle of the field. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 but the bottom line, and Shelly said it, this offensive line, you know, Leno on that one side, Cosme on the other, and then in the inside, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces. Personally, I, I wonder if Flowers might be a, a better option inside, you know, at the left side. I don't know if um, Schweitzer is um, really going to be ideally long-term, although he's extremely strong. You know, I, I like how he handles the point of the attack. We saw what happened when Flowers was here, you know, before he had that short hiatus to Miami. I think he's a legit guy, and his size really can open up bigger holes. So I think it could be a matter of time before he might take over the left guard position because I think I personally think that that could be the boost that they need for the run game to get going because they're going to need that for the passing game. I don't think the pass will be able to set up the run with this team. I think they have to get the threat of play action going. That's what Taylor does great. Once they do that, They'll be able to keep these defenders on their heels. But they got to get this line figured out. Yeah, that's the main thing. That's cohesion, chemistry. But like I said, I'll be curious to see how long it is before Flowers gets in because, you know, number one, he's making more money um, than – besides Brandon, he's making more money than any other interior lineman on the team. I think he's actually making more money than anybody on the team other than Brandon. So, Don't talk to me about Brandon, Adam. Don't talk to me about Brandon and his. Oh, I know. I believe me. Oh my gosh. My God, that guy might as well not. He might as well not tag up. And you let him. Don't get me started on him. You let him stay a captain after he's like, no, I don't want to talk about a long. But sure, you can still have that seal. I get the leadership aspect of it, but it's still the message that's put across. Whatever. He's. I've been tired of his (laughs) stick with his agent. It's old. I'm tired. Like, just get rid of him. I'm tired of this shit. He's not, he's not even a good player anymore. He cost us a penalty and he, he was standing up half Three the penalties. time when he should have been like, you know, letting players through. And I'm like, just get rid of his ass. I'm just tired, tired of his st- whole <laughs> stick. I want to be here. No, you don't. You really don't. So just go. Just go, just go. That's it. Um, before we uh, wrap up and look ahead to get your uh, thoughts on the Giants game briefly, uh, Adam. Shelley, you were at FedEx Field on Sunday. Obviously, myself and Adam watched it on TV. How was the new FedEx experience? How was it on game day? I, I mean, the, the seats were pretty. I mean, the colors were a little different, but that was about it to me. I didn't wow. see anything really super... I haven't been there in a long time, admittedly. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not really one to ask. I love the tailgating experience. I love being with everybody. I love the camaraderie. That part of it, I love. Um, other than that, I, FedEx is just not my favorite place to be. It's just no. not. 
We saw the. I'm being honest. You guys they see the have Twitter, a lot of. You see the Twitter thing of the sewage coming down. Yeah, and and they have a lot of. Back. They have a lot of work to do, in my opinion. Um, I thought everybody that worked there was nice. I I saw some people complaining about people being rude to them. I didn't experience any of that. Um, everyone that I came in contact, you know, concession wise, and event staff was nice to my husband and I. Um, the fans seemed nice. Everyone we came in contact with was very nice. The stadium itself is just not an enjoyable experience. No. It's just not. Mm. They have a lot of work to do. Especially when you see the Raiders game on Monday night. Oh, my oh God. My I want one. Adam, I want one. I want that stadium. Please, Jason. I mean, Wright, it, it is what it is. It's just, it's just not enjoyable. The yeah. fans make it enjoyable. The few that are, you know, coming. You know, yeah. it's just, it's sad. Mm. It's sad what it has, you know, turned into. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, we all see with FedEx is a, that's what Dan's doing. Apparently that's where he's off looking at news. And if not, Shelly, don't talk, <laughs> don't mention his name. Adam. That's okay. I, Adam, it is what it is. Yeah. Adam, we move on to the New York Giants. Uh, we can't lose this game for your sake, Adam. You've got a lot of friends. You are upstate New York. Give us your yeah. keys to victory, Adam, before we get out of here on today's episode. What do the Washington football team need to do better come this Thursday night football? Yeah, we'll start with the defense right away. We talked a little bit. Of, they have to, you know, stick to their keys, stick to their assignments, and pressure J Daniel Jones early on. Again, they're going to come out with a quick game, just like they did with, with L.A. They're going to try to expose the linebackers, the DBs. So I think you just mix it up, like we said. Even if you're not bringing pressure, you're, you know, presenting the threat of it. You know, you're doing bail coverage, whatever you can to try to think that you're going to overload them. Um, after that, on the offensive side of the ball, um, as important it is for, you know, Taylor Heineke to get going, I think the run game. I think if you can get Gibson, uh, Patterson, McKissick into a nice little flow, having two backs. You know, we saw it a couple times, two backs in the backfield. It gives a little bit of a deception. I think North Turner really needs to break it out now. I think he's pretty vanilla. I think he really needs to open up. We've been hearing for a while. No, the, the whole hybrid Scott air Coriel. Yeah, Turner. Scott. What I say, North Turner? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know. Give it a couple really of weeks. He open. might be here. Yeah, who knows? Um, but I think he's on the hot seat. In my in my opinion, if anything happens this year as far as the next six game goes, six games and it goes downhill, although there is a past relationship with Ron Rivera and them, I think that he's on the hot seat. So I think he really needs to open it up uh, for this game. But in the end, uh, get to Daniel Jones and you win the game. Force turnovers and they win. To me, it's as easy as that. Uh, the last game, you know, they were able to pretty much play sound in that aspect, but not really create any. So in this game, I think that you, if you, whoever wins the turnover battle wins. And I think I have Washington uh, forcing two turnovers, an interception, a fumble. And I think that'll be the difference in the game. Uh, I'm going out on the limb and I'm saying Taylor has a, a lights out game. I think similar to what he did in Tampa Bay. I think he goes for 250 runs for about another 40 yards, uh, three touchdowns, two throwing, one on the ground. I think they pulled this out uh, 28 to 13. Oh, yes, Adam. I like that. I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm get to that. I've said it every time we play the Giants. We never seem to, we haven't done it yet, really. I mean, the game at FedEx, we kind of beat ourselves again, Washington. My main key is Washington don't beat Washington. That's the only way I think the Giants can beat us. I think if we 
don't execute. I think if we don't get our game players in the game, if you can't get a Terry McLaurin in the game against New York Giants, then when the hell are you going to get him in the game? You know, so for me, you have to execute. Uh, you need. I want to see our big players turn up. You know, this is again. This is everyone's saying. I had the, the nine eighty on today. They're saying, is this already a make or break game for the Washington Football Team? You bet your ass it is because they've got our number since two thousand and eight. When did we last beat the Giants? They've beaten us five times. Five times. So 2008, 2009, yeah, if I'm right. Yeah. So they've well, Danny us. Dimes has beaten us five yeah. times. And, and that's, they, that's they unacceptable. They haven't just beaten us. Yeah. They've embarrassed us. So yeah, I want us to get to. I want us to get to Jones. I want us to get to him a lot. I think. Yeah. I think. I think our defense are going to be. Hey, they're they're they're, they're, the, they're the wounded warriors now. They're going to. Hey, look. Everyone was talking about us before the season. Number right. top five defense. They're all there at training. They're, they're on that training field this week, saying, "Hey, look, don't fuck around now." You know, the, the, everyone's going to, yeah, they, we are down to business now. Chase Young and Montez Sweat are going to be they pissed They should have been off. down to business the first day. They should have been, but for yeah. whatever reason, hey, coaching or the charges just schemed up, well, whatever happened, I think that, like Adam said earlier, and the coaches and the players, sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and go, hey, look, we weren't best prepared for that game. We didn't play badly. You know, we were only a fumble away from winning the game. If Gibson holds on to that ball, who knows what happens? So, you know, you can, you know, there's the flip side of it. You can't blame Gibson. No, no. but I'm just saying we were one yeah, fumble yeah. away. I'm not blaming him, but we were one fumble right, away right, from, right. I got you. you know, who knows what Right. You don't fumble that. It changes the game plan. You commit more to the run. You know, you're mm-hmm. trying to do less. It could have changed the aspect. So, you know, that was a huge one, but, you know, the one that honestly that has been sticking with me is that Ron Rivera punt. They were, I think, the 47 yeah, why of LA. That? that would have why been a 58-yard field goal too long. But you have Taylor Heineke, fourth and seven on their side of the field with the defense not doing much all day stopping Herbert. I think you do it. I think worst-case scenario, you get a couple yards. They're still on their side of the field. I think they took a golden opportunity away from Taylor because I think when he's in those moments, that's when he's at his best. And that's why, you know, maybe I'm just so optimistic about this Giants game. But I think this is the bounce back game for everybody on this team. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Coach Ron didn't like being questioned about that. Did you hear that? Did you hear he said, "Don't draw me a map unless you've been there." Woo! <laughs> oh, Even that's Already what I want. Testy after game one. I want our coach to be pissed like off that. as well. I want, yeah, I want our coach to be pissed. I, I want to be Jay Gruden smiles. Nah. I want pissed off players and coaches. Yeah, we don't I want like. Club like Jay. Jay. We want right. Mad Commander Ron. So, Shelly, before we get out of here, what do you think uh, the keys to victory will be uh, Thursday night football? Dude, I don't even know anymore. I mean, I just want them going in there prepared. I just want them to be prepared, be um, have more energy, and go out there and just fucking fight. Like, give the fans something to cheer for and be loud for. Those fans at the game were not loud. And I, I mean... That's another reason why I like watching the games at home. So I can be loud and I can cuss and I can be, I can say no. whatever I want to say. But um, I wanted to be louder, but I didn't want to look like that Karen, you know, in wow. the stands bugging everybody. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I don't remember what it's like yelling and cheering at a game and be like, oh, my God, am I too loud? That That's that's really not. That's how I kind of felt like you're kind wow. of like around kind of going like you motherfuckers need to be louder. Like this is not right you know but um they would get kind of loud on third down but then it would trickle off and I'm like what the hell man y'all don't trickle off you know keep going I mean I got that it was hot but the keys to the game get McLaurin going and keep it going I don't like the things I'm hearing from McLaurin I don't like hearing that I mean we all know the statistics you know 
of how many quarterbacks he's had. And, you know, I'm fearful we may lose him. I mean, McLaurin doesn't come off the type of guy that he's all about the money. You know, he wants to win. He'll want to win a Super Bowl. He wants to win and he has the work ethic Mm -hmm. and we know that. And it's not going to be, it's not going to come down to dollars and cents to keep him here. And we all know that, you know, he, we've already taken away from this young man's career. We know what he can do. And we are not giving him the tools for him to succeed. We're not. And we all see it. We all know it. If you don't give him a quarterback for long-term chemistry, then you're, then we're going to lose him. It's plain and simple. Yeah. You can't I, keep doing bridge quarterbacks. I mentioned on Twitter earlier that, you know, he's, I don't do the fans think we're going to lose him. And everyone's like, no, 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 he'll stay. And it's not, but I don't think it's about actually says, I don't think it's about money guys. I think he want to, he'll want to play in Super Bowls. He'll want to play in playoff games. He'll want to go and get rings. You know, he's already, you know, once his rookie deal is up, he can go anywhere and demand probably whatever he wants really. So unless Washington throw the kitchen sink at him and I hope they do, but if he's looking behind me going, who's this guy throwing me the ball? You know what I mean? Who, who's look, this he's coming guy? from Ohio State. He's coming from, look where he's coming from, Ohio State, and he's coming to a pro team that half the, not even a third of the decibels is what it was when he played in college and not in, and without the winning, without quarterbacks. You think at college, sometimes they have a quarterback every year, but it's pretty frequent. Sometimes in three-year span, they'll have a couple. He's seen how many now? So I think, to me, and it's early in the evaluation process, but Liberty quarterback, Malik Willis, it's all in. He's the dual-threat quarterback that fits perfect in Washington. I think you make it clear to guys like him you want to keep that you're going all in for a quarterback in this draft. And I think you get it done. But I don't think business as usual with the quarterback position is going to keep anybody here long-term. And, and I, I mean anybody. So this offseason, no matter what happens, uh, winning cures all. But even if Taylor Heineke has an unbelievable season, leads us to a Super Bowl, I think that's the only situation where you maybe not draft a guy. But otherwise, you still have to draft the quarterback. It's just, it's just an asset you have to have. Uh, that fifth-year option for a first-year quarterback, how cheap it is for a, for a first-round quarterback compared to what it used to be, it makes no sense to be gun-shy after the whole Dwayne Haskins situation. And that'd be the only reason I could see them. But I don't think Dan Snyder, Ron Rivera, all of them are going to go another draft without you know going all-in. Or maybe they do get lucky and one falls to them. But the fans will come back. Uh, it's going to take win, and I don't care what social media does. I don't, you know, I, I'm cool with the fan ambassadors, Rio, you know, all the other guys, Keith, they're great guys, but the whole, that whole program, that's only going to go so far. That's going to create, you know, that's a small Twitter community, but overall, if you want to get everybody back, you just got to win. Well, I mean, unless, yeah, yeah. unless Taylor and Terry, you know, build this, you know, amazing chemistry this season and it's just clicks and like Adam says, they go to the Super Bowl. If we, unless this amazing magical thing happens this season, we have to go out and get him a quarterback yeah. and it, you know, yeah, I would give him car blanche to pick one at this point, because yeah. the he, if you think he's not hearing what these pundits and analysts are saying, Oh, Terry's okay. And oh, he's here he's smart. putting in this work and putting he, up these his, numbers. His agents and here, he's okay. Mm. That's bullshit. What a way to end our first, first official YouTube yeah. show. Well, uh, Adam, before we go again, yeah, tell no, us, no. Tell, our, uh, tell our listeners where they can find you, buddy. Again, it, it, it's an, always an honor, but to be on the first YouTube, it, it is a huge honor. Um, again, uh, always find us at the burgundyandgoldreport.com. 
uh, dropping episode two of B&G Report Happy Hour before the game on uh, Thursday night. Taylor time, we'll talk about, we'll touch upon some of what we talked about tonight. Um, glad we didn't talk about the Cam Newton situation because it's See, kind of I kept it to myself. I'm glad you did, but I'll bring it up on my show just because, you know, some of my readers are asking me about that. But again, uh, B&G Report Happy Hour, subscribe to us on YouTube, like us, drop comments. It's a laid back show in the attic. Uh, find us on Twitter, the B&G Report, and we're all on the Facebook pages as well as IG, and we are also now on TikTok, so just uh, find us there. TikTok. Oh, I'm coming to watch you do TikTok, oh. Adam. If you're, oh, if, oh, yeah. When I see you oh, floss, yeah. Adam, I'm not, I'm not watching. Um, guys, um, it's... Oh, it's no dancing, no dancing. No. <laughs> it's been brilliant to uh, have you on, Adam. Yeah, like I said, we are now on YouTube. Go and check out the DC Tweet Team podcast. YouTube, just search us, subscribe, all that good jazz. Hit a bell. I'm not as good as Rio as doing it. You know, he's the man for all the YouTube stuff. But <laughs> go uh, go check us out. Shelly, it's been a pleasure as always. We will be back Hello, on Shelley. Sunday with Mr. with Mr. Scott Jackson joining us on Sunday to talk some yep. uh, Washington football. But Adam, I wish you all the best with your endeavours, my friend. And we'll Thanks, catch you Adam. Thank you so much. God bless. Have a great day. LDC. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the DC Tweet Team podcast. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe.